Welcome back to the Fans First Sports Network's 2023 NFL Draft Preview Show. My name is Jeremy Betts. I'm joined by Andrew Wilbar. We're going to be going division by division, answering the important questions for each team in each division, like team needs, players to watch, and more. Today, we're going to be focusing on the AFC South, a division that has much turmoil heading into 2023. Andrew, let me bring you in here. How are you doing? And uh, is this not one of the 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 divisions that you'll be keeping your eye on the most heading into the draft 100 you look at indianapolis yep. houston and tennessee yep. potentially all looking at quarterbacks each situation is intriguing each situation seems to be a little bit different from each other it's gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out it really is let's just jump right into it and start talking about these teams the texans number two overall pick andrew they had it they had number one in their grasp and they gave it away with a nice win in week set week uh, 18. Sorry, let me get that right. But uh, it means that they're no longer in control of this draft and of their destiny. So, man, I hope they like two of these quarterbacks equally because they're probably going to get their one of their second choices here. Uh, and so, you know, it's going to be really interesting to watch them. They, they've added some people to really help bolster the offense specifically. Uh, they traded for Shaq Mason from Tampa Bay to improve the offensive line. That offensive line doesn't look too bad with that addition. It's going to be interesting to see what else they do uh, along there. Tight end Dalton Schultz is going to immediately help whatever young quarterback they get in to the building and a, a phenomenal pass catcher from Dallas at the tight end position. And then they also brought in Devin Singletary from Buffalo, who I think a change of scenery it could really help and, and maybe uh, help him realize his full potential. Really liked him in Buffalo. But uh, like we did in our AFC East show, uh, we're going to jump into the top, or we're going to jump into three questions about these teams. Uh, let's do it real quick, starting out with question number one, Andrew. What are the Houston Texans' top needs heading into the NFL draft? You could honestly peg anything on the roster and say that they could afford to improve it, but quarterback and wide receiver are two obvious ones. When you look at them trading away Brandon Cooks, you do have John Mechie coming back from an injury. Hopefully he can be that guy. You still have Nico Collins, a guy who hasn't been utilized near as much, in my opinion. You have two decent receivers, but you have nobody else outside of that. You have to add more to the room. I think that's a position they address early on. Also quarterback. I mean, Bryce Young, if he's there at two, would make all the sense in the world. I think that's the Houston yeah. Texans' perfect scenario. You're in a dome. You don't have to worry about weather with a small quarterback, and you get to pair him with John Mechie, a wide receiver that he's familiar with. That would be the perfect scenario. Absolutely. Um, question number two, what is the under-the-radar sneaky need for this team? And you just mentioned they could really use help at any position, so maybe this question doesn't quite fit the Houston Texans' issues this year. But what's that? what's that need that stands out to you where – Eh, they could be fine, but maybe they add somebody uh, if if the right player falls to them. I think edge rusher is that spot because we saw even with some defenses of the past, you look at defenses that have had good pass rushes, but they have not been good defenses overall. They're still competitive teams. I think of the Pittsburgh Steelers several years back when their secondary was awful. The only thing that kept them in some games was the ability to get after the quarterback. And it's so crucial, especially in this age with mobile quarterbacks. You've got to be able to apply pressure, make them uncomfortable inside the pocket. I think this is the ideal situation for Houston if 
one of those top edge rushers that is projected to go in the first round happens to fall. I think of a Will McDonald. Maybe if he happens to fall to the second round, that would be an excellent pick for Houston if he somehow happens to drop that far. Absolutely. With two picks in the first 12 selections of this draft, number two and number 12, they have the uh, ability here to add two blue chip talents to the roster right away. Um, and and you, you're ho- thinking probably that's going to be on offense, but like you said, those edge rushers, maybe they fall down the board with the quarterbacks being taken uh, down at number 12, I guess is what I'm referencing for sure. Which quarterback you already said young is the, is the ideal scenario for them. Which one do you think will be available? Stroud or young at number two. It's so hard right now. If I were to guess right now, I would say CJ Stroud is the guy that's there. But I do think whichever one is there, he's going to be a pick. I don't think you're going to see an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levis here. I think it's one of those two. That's definitely where you go at number two. I don't know if you have anything to add. You're an Ohio State guy. Maybe you have something to add on Stroud. I don't know what your thoughts are. (laughs) Uh, I just think, you know, either one of those guys is the safe pick for them at quarterback, and that's what they have to do because they've just got to they just got to get somebody in the building with that can play competent quarterback, and at the very least you know, the, the floors for these guys are, are pretty, pretty high, you know? And so maybe uh, young doesn't reach a, a high ceiling because of the height weight concerns. Uh, maybe Stroud doesn't because he's a, a system quarterback with, uh, without really elite arm traits and everything. But I, I just think that either one of those guys is available. You, you snap them up real quick. And I agree with you. I'm leaning towards Bryce Young being the number one overall pick in this draft. And I think CJ Stroud will be there at number two. If that's the case, uh, maybe the Texans fell into the best situation for them, getting my top quarterback in the NFL draft class this year in CJ Stroud. At number 12, you also mentioned, or you also had written down maybe Lucas Van Ness, Miles Murphy, uh, Nolan Smith, some of these pass rushers that might fall. Uh, down to number 12 potentially if they're if they don't decide to go wide receiver or something like that there let's move on to the indianapolis colts this this team is going to be fun to watch like we mentioned at the top of the show they've added some players obviously in free agency uh defensive end samson ebicom from san francisco uh, an underrated player uh, at defensive end he's going to be a big piece for them um i also liked their signing of Isaiah McKenzie to get a speed guy in that offense. And then they've got quarterback Gardner Minshew from Philadelphia. Who's got starting experience in this league, successful starting experience in this league. He should be a great mentor. If they do decide to go quarterback at number four and Andrew jumping into these, the, the first question, what are their top needs? You've got quarterback as their top need. Anything else stand out to you here? Yeah, you could make the argument that quarterback's not their top need now that they do have Gardner Minshew, but I still think you're looking for a long-term replacement. That was a great signing, however, because now you don't yeah. have to have someone in there. You're one. If if the Colts don't trade up to pick number two, I doubt the Carolina's going to trade out after trading up to pick one. Yeah. They're not going to trade out of that number one pick, and I doubt Houston's going to trade with them being in division. So you can't get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. That leaves you with Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, the two guys that are not ready to start yet. So if you're going for that in the draft, unless you're trading for Lamar Jackson, you have to have one of those two guys. Neither of them you want starting week one. So I think Gardner Minshew was an excellent signing there. But corner is another position. They're pretty bare out, losing yeah. pieces in free agency. I think that's a position they're going to address probably as soon as day two. Yeah, probably not a cornerback at number four that they would feel comfortable yeah. choosing. So sounds like uh, for, you know, 
for as far as players go, it's Anthony Richardson or bust maybe for for the Colts at number four. We'll see. Uh, before we get there, though, um, what's the sneaky need for this team, the Indianapolis Colts? I think it's the offensive line. They struggled last year. I know they have some guys that are coming back from injury, but somewhere along the offensive line, they need to add some more depth, add some developmental pieces. It's not going to happen, like you said, in the first round. It's not going to happen. It may not even happen in the second round, but at some point in the middle rounds of the draft, you have to bring somebody in because last year cannot happen again. And if you're bringing yeah. in a rookie quarterback, you better be able to protect them. And that was a surprise to many, I think, that the Colts yes. offensive line struggled as much as they did with pro bowlers and all pros <laughs> sitting on that offensive line. So, yeah, definitely something that they weren't expecting to probably have to address with much sincerity uh in 2023 but it's definitely a need uh we talked anthony richardson anybody else that makes any kind of sort of sense at number four for them if they so maybe a team trades up and jumps ahead of them to number three and takes richardson ahead of them are they going to take levis then at number four or do they do they go after a defensive prospect like jalen carter or something along those lines i think that's when you Hopefully I've had conversations with Baltimore asking what the price is at least. Is it yeah. going to involve the number four pick and other picks? I don't know how much it's going to cost, but it, I mean, I'm not a believer in Will Levis. I think in the right system, he can succeed and he has high ceiling, but he does not seem like the type of guy that fits what Shane Steichen wants to do on offense. So I, I think it's Anthony Richardson. I think there's a good situation for him because he doesn't have to start year one. And even if you need him to, you know, bench you to go into year two, you know, you can make that happen and just give Richardson time to develop. If I'm Shane Steichen, I'm moving up to number three. I know it's going to cost you a little bit, but I'm going to do it just because I've worked with a running quarterback before and helped take him to the Super Bowl. So let's get another athletic one in here and get Richardson in here. If it works, it it's one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen play the game. Probably if it doesn't work, you, you swung for the fence fences on uh, one of the biggest hit or miss prospects at quarterback that we've ever seen and who can fault you for, for trying that. So uh, I think the Colts, if, if, if they're able to do so, they should move up. Uh, with the Cardinals at number three and, and just get their guy. That's, that's my opinion. I think that that's uh, a good way to go. Um, do you have anything else to add about the Colts before we move on to Jacksonville? I don't just get the quarterback, right? Colts. You yeah. retired enough quarterbacks. You got to get it right. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's move on to Jacksonville, a team that made a surprising run in the playoffs in 2022, a team that looks really good heading into 2023. They haven't made a lot of moves, Andrew, outside of just uh, running it back <laughs> with some of their own guys. Uh, they placed a, the tag on tight end Evan Ingram, and then they did bring in offensive tackle Josh Wells from Tampa Bay, who has started plenty of games for the Buccaneers in the Tom Brady era. Um, he's a guy um, that's interesting only played 11 games last year, but I believe he started those games. So I, I think they bring him in as a, as a competition for, for starting tackle. Um, what else considering these moves or lack thereof really that they've made, what are the, the top needs for the Jacksonville Jaguars heading into this draft class? Defensive line has to be up there. You got Fadakasi on that defensive line. You have Devon Hamilton, Roy Robertson, Harris, after that, you, you just have a bunch of true <laughs> yeah. depth guys. Jeremiah Ledbetter, Henry Mondo. 
I mean, you you do not have a whole lot of depth there. I think that's a position they need to address early on. A lot of people are talking about, you know, bringing in another edge rusher. I don't think they need to. Why move on from Josh Allen? I don't understand those that want that to happen. I think he and Trevon Walker are great. Maybe they add a depth option in the mid to late rounds of the draft, but that's not something they're going to be addressing early, more than likely. But like you said, they're in a, a pretty good position. Corner, though, I will say outside of Tyson Campbell, they could afford to add a couple extra pieces. I like Gregory Jr., uh, late-round pick last year from Wachita Baptist. Really mm-hmm. liked him coming out, but still very unproven. And you don't want to trust on him as a starter. You don't want Monteric Brown, Trey Herndon, some of these guys. Yeah, They do have Darius Williams, but he's more of a slot guy at this point. So I, they need to add somebody else. They absolutely do. And, you know, they're picking at 24, which, Andrew, in this draft class, it's really it's, – it's a so interesting and polarizing to me because I'd rather be the Jacksonville Jaguars picking at 24 than I would to be the Washington Commanders or the Pittsburgh Steelers picking at 16 or 17 in this draft. I, I, I think you get – there's like a gap there where those picks seem a little high for those that next-tier player if somebody doesn't fall to you. But at 24, you could have your pick of the second-tier cornerbacks. You could have your pick uh, of some of the wide receivers maybe. Um, defensive line is an area where it doesn't feel like as big a reach maybe to go after a Mozzie Smith or something along those lines. Um, but before we get to some players that make sense for them at 24, let us uh, ask that second question. What's the sneaky need for this team uh, heading into 2023? I could see them addressing safety at some point. You have Andre Sisco there, and Tyree Gillespie is a guy who's still developing. But after that, you got Daniel Thompson, Deontay Thompson, Andrew Winger. You have some guys there. You have some depth, but you don't have the guy there. I could see if Brian Branch is still there at 24, and I think he will be. Maybe they pull the trigger on a guy like Brian Branch. I don't think that's ideal, but in a safety class that's not very deep, you want a guy, even though Brian Branch isn't necessarily a true safety, you have that need at corner too. You can move him around in this defense. Maybe that's position they go and try to kill two birds with one stone. Could very well be if they want to take the next step and start to hang with the the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals of the world in the AFC, they're going to have to improve that secondary. So let's talk some players that make sense then for them at pick 24. Uh, you've got some guys uh uh, in the defensive backfield that makes sense. Tell us about him. Yeah, in the backfield, Deontay Banks, a guy that a lot of people are knocking. Oh, he's just a combine stud that <laughs> doesn't have anything on tape. Go and watch his tape. This guy was athletic on tape. He just backed yes. it up with a good combine. It's just a lot of people were too lazy to do the research on him before the combine until afterward. And like, oh, this guy actually is athletic. Let's look into him. Oh, he's not a bad player after all. You will come to the same conclusion if you just look into the tape of Deontay Banks. He's not the level of the top three corners, but I don't think he is going to be one of these first-round busts that's just overhyped because of a good combine performance. This guy is good. He's best suited for a man-heavy scheme. I think he would fit well with what they're doing with Tyson Campbell on the opposite side in Jacksonville. A guy like Emmanuel Forbes, a guy who's really slim, but for a guy who's only, what, 163 pounds, this guy can tackle in the open yeah, field, he can. and he can fly as well. Oh, he's a I missile. love his I love his tape overall. You have to know how you're going to utilize him because he's a very odd body type. But at the same time, he's got good length. He's got long arms. He's a guy who can play on the outside. If he can just add a little bit of weight to that frame, he's a guy I'm really starting to like in that late portion of the first round. Again, we don't know who's going to be there at this point. There could be somebody who surprisingly drops. There is every year. But there's only 15 to 20 guys that everyone in the league seems to agree on about being first-round picks. After that, 
it's who knows. Yeah, absolutely. And you've also got um, Adebaware and uh, Brissi and Mozzie Smith as yeah. some defensive line prospects that could intrigue the Jaguars. We've already seen that Jacksonville likes these traits guys, maybe over the uh, the high floor guys like uh, w- when they took Trayvon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson last year. Maybe uh, uh, Adebaware is is a guy for them. Uh, you know, that's the type of player that they target. And with Adebaware, you can play him at multiple spots. You can play yeah. him on the edge if you want to bolster that depth. You can move him inside the D tackle. You can play him. You can play him just about anywhere. I think he'd be honestly a really good fit for Jacksonville, just with the ability and the that he has and the flexibility you can have just moving him around the field. Yes, and I appreciate the the subtle correction of my mispronunciation of Mister Adabare. Did I say it right then? Adabare, yeah. Okay, Adatamiwa Adabare. Okay, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. Um, we're just going to move on to the <laughs> Tennessee Titans, who are an enigma in and of themselves this year. Uh, so many, so much talk about the quarterback situation there. Are they going to stick with Tannehill? Uh, they're a sneaky team, maybe that are in on the quarterback sweepstakes. Um, there's there's been talk that they tried to move up to number one, that they're trying to move up to number three. That sounds to me like a team that that might be wanting to make a move at quarterback if the price is right. If not, though, um, this team has has made some signings. Uh, they they brought in offensive tackle Andre Dillard to replace the departing uh, Taylor Lewan. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, one of your favorite free agents from this this last class, signed in Tennessee, continue to bolster the defense and linebackers Aziz Al Shair from San Francisco headed to Tennessee after they lose uh, David Long uh, in free agency. This team loading back up on defense a little bit but they really could be one of the worst teams in the league this year if they don't get some some work done on offense. What are the, this team's top needs? It has to be on offense, doesn't it? I think it does, especially when you look at the interior of that offensive line and the pieces that they lost in free agency. It's going to be hard to overcome. They need to add a new center. They need to add a more competition at guard at the very least. And, you know, we'll get to offense tech on the second because that is the sneaky need for this team. Yeah. But Dylan Radens, they tried moving him inside. He's not worked out so far. They've got to get something figured out on the interior. Obviously, you don't want to draft that, that high at pick 12. But on day two, that's a position they have to address. And then I also think you have to look at places like wide receiver and edge. After Traylon Burks, who you got? Nobody. And, yeah. you know, edge rusher, they're also struggling with depth. They brought in Arden Key. And you have Harold Landry, but you lost Bud Dupree, who didn't do much for you anyways, but you don't have much depth. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Talking offensive tackle, you don't see Dillard as a starter there necessarily right away. Maybe he does feel that right away uh, while they bring up somebody uh, into that spot. But um, if so, let's just move on to the players then that make sense for them at, at pick 11 offensive tackle, obviously, is there um, probably for the taking. They can probably take one of those top three guys, but then the interior O-line is an issue as well. Maybe some depth on defense, wide receiver. Where do you think they go? I I think Nolan Smith, if he's there, he makes a lot of sense for their scheme. Yeah. I, you can't rule out quarterback. If I don't think there's any way Will Levis is still there. I think some team will trade up. Maybe that team is the Titans, 
but I think this would be the floor. I don't see him going any further than this. But you look at Tennessee, maybe they are a team that wants to trade back with their needs. Jackson Smith and Jigba, if this would be the highest I see any wide receiver going in this class, but he would be a great compliment to Traylon Burks. They don't yeah. seem to be interested in bringing in any veterans to pair with Burks. So that probably means another rookie. But JSN would be a great fit for their offense. Also, Zay Flowers, a guy who's rising on boards, who we've mentioned before. But I think wide receiver and, like we said, the offensive line, it, one of those top tackles are there, you can't rule that out either. Absolutely. And uh, that's going to do it. That's going to wrap it up for the AFC South. And, Andrew, like I said, at the top of the show, we're going to keep our eye on this uh, group of teams here in the AFC South. That's going to do it for this edition of the Fans First Sports Network's uh, NFL Draft Preview Series. Um, We're going to be back with more divisions down the road. And uh, don't forget to check out the shows that have already come out in this series. For Andrew Wilbar, I'm Jeremy Betts on the Fans First Sports Network. Models are